as you begin to establish rapport, you begin to establish that kind of a bond, that kind of a connection where people want to be around you. Something about you is inspiring to them. Something about walking with you becomes worthwhile because you have given them something. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday solo episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. I'm your host, and I'm so glad you're here as we continue our multi-part series on what effective leaders do. Each Friday, we kick off a one-on-one episode. We focus on one specific aspect of leadership to add to your leadership tool belt. And today, we're talking about a very important piece of leadership that I've observed across the swath of leadership that is indispensable and I myself find it invaluable in building social capital, relational currency, and that is the act of what we call building rapport. Effective leaders are rapport builders. And you know, you wonder what is rapport? You think, okay, well, is it how people make you feel? Is it about relationships? Is it connection? Is it when you meet someone, you feel that you understand their point of view, they understand yours? Well, yes, it's all those things. In fact, I love how the team at Mind Tools puts it on their website. They say this rapport forms the basis of meaningful, close, and harmonious relationships between people. It's the sense of connection that you get when you meet someone that you like and trust and whose point of view you understand. It's the bond that forms when you discover that you share one another's values and priorities in life. And I would add to that, that rapport really begins with this sense of inspiration and aspiration. It's this capacity that we have an effect on the character, on the development and behavior of someone. And so you know, I absolutely love rapport. I love when I meet someone new or I've met someone that I've seen time and time again and we meet up. I love to establish rapport and reestablish rapport very intentionally. And I think this is going to be important for you as a leader. You may do it naturally. You may not do it. You may be the kind of person who has a natural affinity for rapport that you hone in on building these relationships that are meaningful. You may be in a situation to where You haven't done it, and you wonder why maybe some relationships don't have the high value or the capacity that you desire. And friend, this is something that will pay dividends in the future for you. But you must not look at it as though, well, if I do this, then I'll get that. Don't look at it like it's simply transactional. It must be sincere and genuine. You must truly care to learn to grow with a person because It's pretty easy for people to tell when you're being disingenuous. Sometimes you can get away with it, but oftentimes you can't. So you got to dig deep and really have the desire to want to build relationships, to be connected, to develop trustworthiness, to understand others' points of view, to really form bonds and discovery and sharing of values. You have to want that. And I'm going to show you some different techniques and some different ways to begin to identify it and attract it. In some ways, people say, well, is rapport just charm, this sort of quality of arousing admiration? Is it charisma? Is it inspiring devotion in others? I would say that there are elements of charm and charisma that are reflective in building rapport. 
But those are just parts of the entire process and equation of really connection and that, that deep level of how can I inspire someone to want to stay connected with me. And then later what happens is we have the social currency or the relational capital to then have in our wallet to where we can call on that relationship that we've already built rapport among and say, hey, you know what? I'm in a situation right now. I really could use your help. Absolutely, Nate. I'm happy to help you. Why? Because I built that relationship. I built that rapport. And so later, all of these individuals who you have in your life, you can call on them and they can call on you. And so this is the basis for effective leadership because whether or not you're in a current situation with leading them or you may be in a future situation with leading others or even in a follower relationship, you know, leadership isn't always about leading. Sometimes it's about following. In fact, my philosophy is follow, lead, repeat. In other words, you follow someone or a group who know and you desire to go where they're going and then you learn to then lead and then you repeat because you continue to learn from others as you follow their ways and then you invest and then they become those ways become part of your tools just like you're doing right now you're listening to the podcast which is a form of followership And then as you begin to build these tools and resources, you share them with others and then you begin to lead. And that's a little bit of the formula. So when I think about my own life, I think, how does Nate Sala build rapport? Well, it really starts with how people see me. There's an attractiveness, a quality to building rapport. Do people look at you? And I don't necessarily mean that you're a beauty queen or a hunk, you know, none of that. I'm just talking about your demeanor, perhaps even how you dress, how you smile. Those are attractive qualities. How you smell. You know, you could you know, walk in a room, you shake someone's hand and they're like drenched in cologne. You're like, whew, that's a lot of cologne. That might be a little bit overkill, right? Or perhaps you may uh, smell like maybe you've been at White Castles all day, right? And you smell like White Castle burgers. I'm like, whew. Well, that, and I'm not saying that that makes you unattractive. Maybe some people are attracted to that. But understand how others perceive you in your environment, whether it's your hair. Is your hair all disheveled? You know, what's going on with your initial people view? You say, Nate, that's really superficial. You know, I don't want to be around people who consider that because that's super superficial. But is it? I mean, look, I'm in the financial services industry. Okay. I've been in financial services. Of course, I'm also in leadership and development, things like that. But I've owned an accounting and advisory firm for almost 30 years. Now, when I would go to a client's house and uh, perhaps I'd go to meet them for whatever it is that's necessary or an office, and I pull up in my 78 Nova that the tailpipe is making noise and it's about to fall apart, it's all rusted out. And I think, you know, is this the guy that I want handling my finances? A guy whose vehicle is on its last leg? Don't you think he should be driving something that's more reliable? Don't you think if he would have his finances in order, that he'd have a vehicle that was more in line with his line of work? Or for perhaps your physician. And uh, he comes out to talk to you about uh, your cancer 
but he's got some chew in his mouth. You know, chew is like, it's, it's basically tobacco or he's smoking a cigarette or she's smoking a cigarette. You think, man, poof, that's, first of all, that cigarette smoke stinks. And then, man, I'm not sure if that is attractive to me in such a way that identifies with what I should expect from someone who is supposed to be that I trust to take care of me in whatever it is services that you're offering. Do you understand that? So there is an importance to understand how you take care of yourself and that care that you take of yourself then reflects on the rapport that you create with others. That's all. So that's only one piece, but there's so many others. You know, one way that we can establish rapport is simply by smiling. You know, a smile goes a long way. A smile is an act of kindness. It's an act of openness. It takes effort to smile. It takes effort to just smile at someone and say, how you doing? Ask some person their name, you know, and then remember the name. We talked about this on one of the episodes some time ago. Remembering someone's name is an act of effort. And it's an act that says that I actually care about you enough to commit your name to memory. When someone remembers your name, makes you feel good. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm important. And that's a part of establishing rapport. So looking attractive, smiling, somebody remembering your name. Those are all pieces to building rapport. Another act of rapport is really listening. You think about, and I mean intent listening. This is when you're interested and undivided in your attention. You know what I mean by undivided in your attention? It's The floor is yours. All the distractions are set aside. It's very difficult to do today. I know that I haven't done that at all times. I've been distracted with my technology or with thinking of someone else. I call it a Walter Mitty moment. If you ever seen the movie Walter Mitty, I've been distracted and I have to be intentional and focused because my mind will think about many of the things that I have going on in my life because I have a very active life as you would expect, right? Lots of things going on, whether it's making sure I don't forget some activity for a family or whether it's making sure that some aspect of the business or did I return this phone call or go down the list, right? And so when I'm in the company of someone and I'm learning, either learning about them or I'm in a position to where I'm trying to keep the conversation focused, I've got to discipline my mind and reduce and eliminate the noise. Sometimes I am able to do that by prayer, by meditation, by deep breaths. Sometimes it's just relaxation. In fact, this ties right into the next thought on how to build rapport is is just chilling out, you know, relaxing. When I'm in the company of someone, not to be too wound up, but to be just in a state of consciousness, in a state of conscientiousness, so these are, these are simple aspects of building rapport. You, you say, Nate, really that's simple? Well, it is. We're not even finished yet because now we're going to start to get into language. When I'm building rapport with people, okay, yes, I'm smiling, I'm listening. I'm watching my own body language. I'm watching the body language of others. Are you in a state of comfort? Are you in a state of discomfort, right? Am I in your personal space? Am I too close? Are you fidgety? Do I need to back up a little bit? Not only that, but what about the verbal language, right? Is your language simple? Is it complicated? Is it technical? What's the tempo? What's your tone? Do I match that? You know, if you're speaking in simple terms, I don't want to speak in complex terms. 
If you're speaking in technical terms, if I don't know the technical terms, I should ask. If I do, speak on that level. Whether in some ways, you know, when I'm speaking to a group of colleagues, academics, I'm going to speak in different terms than I'm going to speak with someone, a practitioner and on the street or anyone in particular. So understanding where that type of tone is and what type of language and to match that language. Why? Because people like to know that people understand where they are and they speak their language. And speaking their language isn't just whether it's English or Spanish or French or any other language. It's the language of how that tone, that tempo, the simplicity or the complexity of it is. And once you can speak someone else's language, that's a connecting point. Of course, if you can speak another language, then that's also a connecting point. In fact, you know this, right? You go to a foreign country, you know, you meet someone else that speaks English and you speak English. Maybe the language, maybe uh, it's German, the spoken language. You're like, well, look, another person who speaks English. And you're immediately, what, connected. You're immediately connected because you speak the same language. I know this when I'll be somewhere and I speak fluent Arabic. And so I'll see someone that speaks Arabic here in the United States and I'll speak some Arabic and all of a sudden we're connected, right? We're building rapport because we have a common shared language. And it's the same way when we're talking about when we're speaking the same language and different aspects of it. And then the next aspect of it is this. Speaking of commonalities, common interests. You know, when I'm building rapport with someone, I am asking about them. You know, what is it about you that I can learn? Sometimes I like to ask, hey, how you doing, Frank? What have you been up to? And Frank will say, well, you know, I've been working on this car or I've been coaching baseball. I'm having trouble with my marriage. Whatever it might look like. I'm writing a book. And so I'll ask about that. I'll say, you know, wow, that's pretty cool. Tell me what you're writing about. Well, you know, I'm writing my, a book about gardening. Oh, fascinating. I love gardening. And uh, I'm a novice gardener. Most of my stuff dies, but I try. And it's, maybe I'll talk about how it's therapeutic for me or even writing a book. I wrote a dissertation. I'd love to turn that into a book and start having these common interests. Maybe I've met someone named Jennifer and Jennifer is talking about her dogs. And I said, you know, tell me about your life. What's going on with you? Oh, yeah, I'm dealing with these dogs. And I just, we just got a puppy and actually had a dog who passed away. In fact, this just happened to me. I was meeting with a gentleman about a car and uh, we were talking about life. And he had a picture of his dog. I was at his home and he had a picture of his dog and uh, he had another dog. And I said, yeah, I'm a dog lover. And he said, yeah, we had a dog for a number of years and dog passed away. And I said, yeah, it's, they're like family. And we haven't lost any yet, but boy, I know it's going to be tough for us. And the gentleman actually started weeping because of just that deep pain and sorrow, the memory of losing this family member. And it was a very special moment. And I just paused with this individual and I just had empathy for a situation. And we truly deeply connected that that was building this sense of connection and rapport. And believe it or not, when I left this gentleman's house, I gave him a hug. And I said, man, can I give you a hug? And I said, it might sound weird, but I said, I feel like we know each other. And he's like, absolutely, man. And that was a total stranger just not too long before that. And of course, it was appropriate, and I knew that it would be appropriate, and it wasn't actually weird. It was just kind of cool, like, hey, man, we've got some similar interests. We've got some similar trajectories, and we're connected. Just another human being to connect with, just some kind of a bond. We share values. We share some priorities. And... uh 
that's a very special place to be because humanity, we're so fragmented, especially after this pandemic. People are isolated still. People are trying to recover, figure out how to move on, how to reconnect. And one way to do that is through empathetic, shared interests and just asking. Sometimes I just ask people, what's your story? And totally open-ended question, right? You think, well, Nate, I don't have time for open-ended questions. Well, then you don't have time to build rapport. But if you do, I mean, people love to talk about themselves. Now, it's not just about them. You've got to also establish that common interest. Interject in the conversation, right? But don't overspeak. Sometimes just know not to overstay your welcome and end the conversation when it's appropriate. But share your experiences to create shared experiences. So even when I'm talking business with people, when I'm in my office and I've got a potential new client, I don't start usually with, tell me how I can help you with your, you know, whatever problem you're having with your business or your finances or your accounting. I don't start there. I start with just who you are. Hey, what's going on? So tell me about yourself, you know? And they start telling me, well, they got kids, they don't have kids. What do they do for a living? They work, they're retired. They're ailments, no ailments. I mean, all the, you know, the list goes on and on vacations, grandchildren, birthday parties, whatever it might look like, sharing that experience. And then I asked them, well, you know, okay, great. It's so good to meet you and chat for a little bit. Tell me how I can help you. We've already established rapport and that's the starting point. Not just, you know, people say, well, you know, you got to go right into business. No, no, you don't. And as you begin to establish rapport, you begin to establish that kind of a bond the kind of a connection where people want to be around you. There's something about you. And again, it must be genuine. Don't fake it. People, something about you is inspiring to them. Something about you is attractive. Something about you, about walking with you becomes worthwhile because you have given them something. You've given them access to a connection. You've given them access to your own life. And really that's how Rapport is built. So you can have the capacity on someone, on their character, on their development, on their behavior, through developing a connection. So these are the ways, well, some of the ways, there's lots of other ways to build and establish rapport. I hope that you've seen the value of rapport in leadership. I know people all around me who establish rapport early on in a conversation. And it takes time to develop that. If you feel that, Nate, I don't have what it takes to develop rapport. Yes, you do. You just have to be intentional. Start step by step. Start with your appearance. Move into simply the body language and smiling, remembering people's names, relaxing a bit, using your ears fully to listen and find those common interests. Learn about people, smile, laugh, enjoy the conversation. Practice empathy to understand their feelings and share your experiences. And don't force it, but enjoy it. And uh, let it take you where it takes you. Sometimes it takes you somewhere where there's business, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just friendships. Just this last week, we had our leadership development group move uh, out all the way out to Silicon Valley. We did a whole leadership summit retreat on Steve Jobs. And we'll talk more about that on another episode and innovation. I met a gentleman there through one of our people in our group who was just a wonderful, beautiful soul of a man. And... We established rapport right away about talking about our common interest and, of course, Steve Jobs, and he has a lot of uh, history with Apple and family working in Apple and whatnot. 
And then we started moving into some other aspects to report. We both come out of the club scene of the 90s. We were clubbers, ravers, right? You'd say, Nate, no, not you. Absolutely, man. I was in the techno and the house music, of course, growing up in Chicago, Chicago house. So I grew up all around that EDM and, and whatnot and breakbeats and so on. And so we started talking about those old days, right? When we were younger, oh, doing crazy stuff and the music and the, the people and all kinds of experiences that we shared. And then we had a celebration after the retreat was over and uh, we went on a boat ride and there was a DJ and music and the DJ was playing some old old 90s hits from the techno days and we were dancing on the dance floor and it was so much fun. What were we doing? We were connecting. We were developing a relationship. We were discovering shared interests and values. And when it was all over, yes, you guessed it, we were much more connected friends afterwards. We talked about business. We talked about how we could help each other in the business world. We exchanged information and we're connected. Friend, this is available for any one of us. Now, you say, you might not get on that level with every person, and that's okay. It's not meant to be. But to know that that's possible and to open the door so that you can recognize it, enter through that doorway when you know that you have those common interests and you can develop that relationship built on those aspects of likability, trustability, of compassion, of empathy, and inspiration so that we can help each other move forward and impact the human condition. Why? So that we can reach a better future state together. Well, my friend, we did it. I'm so honored you were able to join me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. Now, this might not be for everyone because you really have to be in a certain place in order to take the kind of steps to level up your leadership. And I want you to be taking steps. And for those of you who feel like you're ready for something like this, there's a place you can go. You can go to our website, greatsummit.com. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. But here's the cool thing that we have. We've got a master class. We have all different kinds of events. We even have our leadership club where you can meet other people just like you to go deeper in your leadership journey. You and I will get to spend some time together and really focus on aiming for greatness. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.